0: Week five, San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. A little short week for the Niners, but they are playing in the afternoon, which should help those body clocks as they travel to face the Panthers. And keys to victory today. What do the 49ers have to do to come out of Carolina with a W? Jimmy Ward, Jason Verrett, back practicing. Will they play? What does that mean for the 49ers? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Where do we start, Croc? I think we got to go with the news of, uh, we do have the injury report as well this week, which is quite large, and it is a short week. But Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett, the practice windows have been opened, and they've been practicing at least on a limited basis this week before week five. They could be activated now, but there is a three-week window for those players to be activated so it remains to be seen if they will be active this week or not obviously the 49ers defense has been awesome without them maybe the best in the league and now you've got these reinforcements that are high level players high level starters and they're the the niners defense playing so good it's almost a question of how quickly you want to plug those guys in right
1: yeah that's been a big time question and i'm getting that on social media you know people look at me as the defensive back guy and they're like hey uh, should the 49ers play Jimmy Ward? And I'm like, they're probably telling them, hey man, take your time, make sure that you're you know, 100%. They're doing everything to get them up to speed, of course. But, the, I know it, when it comes to defensive backs, everybody looks at interception totals. And they you know, they did that a lot with Jaquiski Tart. They're like, oh, they don't force takeaways. Uh, they did that with Jimmy Ward for most of his career. It doesn't get the takeaways. And, and I get it. I think there is a frustration there. The one thing I will say about both of those guys is they are, are actually like good football players. And, even more so for Jimmy Ward than Tart, who I think Tart did his job well. But you knew you weren't gonna get much more than that, right? Good starting safety, uh, reliable win on the field, all that stuff is awesome. You would like to get a Hufunga who is just has a knack for making plays. And some people have this innate ability to find the ball. Hufunga, just he's one of them. So you want him on the field. And I talked about Samuel Womack, he's one of those guys as well. But Jimmy Ward, the things that he does can't really be quantified by a takeover, or excuse me, a turnover, or an interception, fumble recovery, or whatever. Uh, the, the the flexibility that he gives you as a defensive coordinator with the things he's able to do, whether it is play single high, two high, play in the box, man on a tight end, man on a receiver. Uh, the things that you ask him to do and how you can kind of disguise your coverages and really maybe bring in a third safety it's hard to really quantify with a specific number. So I think he still is very important to the defense. And regardless of how well the two safeties are playing right now, you should figure out a way to one, get him on the field. And really not so much get him on the field, because he's going to be on the field. Get the other guys on the field around him, but definitely need Title Nohufunga and Jimmy Ward. I think they'll be a really nice tandem.
0: And when it comes to Jason Verrett, you know, Just the, the injury history he has, and it's been over a year since he's even been on the field. I think that one you slow play a little more, and even when he is ready, I don't think you want to give him a full load of, of snaps anyway. And with the way that, that Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are playing, those guys are the starters to me, and, and Verrett would have, would be the third corner. Do you agree there that you would have like him on a pitch count basically, use him as needed once he's ready to go, rather than just throw him into the starting lineup?
1: Yeah, well, I did get kind of a little text message about something with insurance for Jason Verrett. Ooh. And I think right now with the way that the defensive backs are playing and, uh remember when I, I believe it was Mooney went out for a play against the Denver Broncos. Well, Samuel Womack went, went in on the outside, played outside cornerback. So I think if they like uh, Womack, if they really like D'Amador Lenore, who has shown he could play on the outside as well, maybe there's not a 100% need to play Jason Verrett. So that's something to really keep an eye on. And I think that was part of the issue, I don't want to say issue, but the thing last year where you go into the season, you got Verrett, you got Mosley, it's like, all right, we got these two young cornerbacks. And it's like, oh, man, they're not ready. So you had to bring in a guy like uh, Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick to play over those guys. But I think right now they're in a much better spot.
0: Absolutely. So when it comes to Jimmy Ward, here's the, here's the there's two questions I have. One is, do you let Ward come in and almost play some nickel and keep Tashawn Gibson out there in center field? Because Gibson and uh, Hufango have, have been playing so well together. And when you look at the 49ers' safeties and you've seen how good Tart played with the 49ers, you just mentioned it, and how good Ward has been. And then right now, I think Tart's still on the street, right? Has he signed with anybody? And then Tashaun Gibson was signed so late in the process, like week three of the preseason. Those guys are pl- and, and he's playing at a high level with the 49ers. Is there something the 49ers are doing that just allows safeties to be awesome all the time? Because when's the last time they had like bad safety play?
1: Well, I think probably just using guys to their strengths and not asking them to do too much. I think part of it is having a terrific defensive coordinator who they have in D'Amico Ryan, right? Like, I think some guys that just played the game and really understand the front end and back end as linebackers do, they understand, all right, I'm going to put this guy, this is his skill set. I'm not going to put him in this position to where he's going to be vulnerable. So I think using guys like Gibson and Tyler, Tyler Nohufunga no, to their strengths makes it easier to maybe hide some of the areas where they probably are lacking a little bit. Don't don't make them do those things.
0: And obviously having a really good front seven helps take a little bit of pressure off your safeties.
1: Jalen Ramsey just, said that. Oh, did he? He said that about the uh, – he talked about the 49ers defense and and – saying that th- their pass rush is really good. And so your corners, they don't really have to cover as long. So he kind of alluding to the fact that yeah. maybe they are good, but it definitely helps to have that type of pass rush. Who got what, seven sacks on uh, Matthew Stafford. Sounds like jealousy from- He uh, J- might like. be a little jealous. Huh? Yeah. Might be. He was, he was very, he does this interview on un- uninterrupted immediately after the game. Like it looks like he has a driver or something like that. So he's just kind of talking in his, it looks like a sp- super, uh, Sprinter van or something, probably Mercedes-Benz one. And he's doing his interview. And he was very open about his feelings of of hatred towards the, the 49ers and kind of the rivalry and and, and what it's become. And and uh, just his he, – he said, hey, man, I promised y'all, like, I would come on here right after games. So I'm going to, you know, do that. But I don't want to be on here right now. But he still gave, like, a really good – yeah. interview or I mean I say interview nobody's asking him questions he's just talking about the game and things that are on his mind but it was good it was really good actually
0: I love that the 49ers Rams uh rivalry right now is growing and growing it's important and the the, the Seahawks rivalry I feel like it's going to fall off too so it's important to have that uh big time rivalry and just the San Francisco LA thing I, it's awesome I love it
1: he he talked about the offense a little bit too and kind of I don't want to say through a shot but he kind of is just, the way he looked at the game. We'll, we'll get to that. another. We'll, we'll okay. circle back around once we start talking about the offense.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, we got our keys to victory and and some of those things. Last note here with Jimmy Ward. If Jimmy Ward comes back, Croc, do you think it might even put more pressure on Hufanga? Because the 49ers will do more rotating, bringing Ward down in man coverage, leaving Hufanga in center field by himself a little bit more. We haven't seen as much of that this year in fact the only time i can really remember i'm sure it's happened more than this uh i haven't charted it or anything like that but the the touchdown against the, the the bears in week one he was playing like a center field but it was a red zone you know so it was, it was condensed a little bit um and he you know couldn't decide between the two wide open receivers he wanted to cover and ended up not covering either one of them but that was the one thing i was worried about with Hufanga when they do that interchanging and and, and seeing him in in the deep middle of the field because underneath he's awesome he's gotten even better and looks even quicker than last year and obviously he's so prepared and he's so smart and uh he's reacting faster than everybody else on the field it seems like but in center field when you just really need the pure range if you're playing you know cover three or cover one and you are the middle of the field safety you have to get to the sideline you know um maybe that'll maybe he'll show more of his warts there in coverage and i wonder if that'll happen more often now with jimmy ward back out there at free safety
1: I think he's been solid even as a single high guy again he got caught in the bind in that bears game where they have busted coverages all over the place and they kind of put him out there and it's like well what do i do it was a lose-lose situation for him but aside from that you probably don't notice when he's single high because nothing really happens and i remember right. i pointed it out during preseason where he had really good eyes got a read and a jump on the ball playing from single high and and he did a terrific job there. I think for the most part, you just look and say, hey, this is a guy that's prepared. This is a guy that understands tips and keys and uh, what he's looking at. So no matter where they line him up, he should have some level of success. I think we can start to kind of give him that type of credit with the type of football player uh, that he is. And obviously, you know, you want to see it throughout an entire season, right? We've got a small sample size, four games. But overall, right now, he hasn't done anything to where I'm necessarily worried but as far as like kind of the usage between those guys and putting him back and, and, and Ward and someone else has asked this as well about where kind of Ward's strengths are I think maybe there's a scenario where they just run more kind of more like dime and people might think it's more oh three safeties but I think it's just more more defensive backs on the field that just make your defense a little bit more multiple uh, with what you're able to do and I think that's the exciting part that Demico Ryan has to look forward to.
0: Especially if you know is going to miss more time or anything like that, and you're only down to your two, you know, starting linebackers, it, it would be smart to maybe use an extra safety more often. Potentially in that case, um, but you're right. Like I- I- if anything, Talanoa Hufong has gone the other way and you know crushed any worries that we've had with him in, at all, really, this year in any right. passing of his game, he's been that good. Um, one more quick note, and Jimmy Ward even recognizing that maybe the 49ers don't need him back, don't need him rushing back. He said. Quote, I'm very eager uh, about getting back into the action and returning to the team. He said, but, quote, I don't think the defense needs me right now. What are we? Number one? Number two? They don't need me. They can keep me clean for right now until they need me. So Jimmy Ward's even like, yeah, I guess I don't have to push this. And so maybe we won't see Jimmy Ward this week. Maybe it'll be at the later end of his window.
1: (laughs) He'll be in there. Yeah. I I get it, though. I get what it is. He's saying the things that you would love for kind of player. I mean, you want them to be out there, of course, but he's just being a team player there. He, Jimmy Ward is the ultimate competitor. If there's anything I can take away from what I've learned about him throughout these eight years, I feel like he's been playing now, seven, eight years, uh, he's a big-time competitor. So he, he wants to be out there. He's just saying the right things.
0: All right, more on the 49ers injury report. Who might, who might not be out there for the 49ers against the Carolina Panthers in Week 5 and our keys to victory For week five coming up all right here's the sports analogy for you when it comes to burglars your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster so what is basically the 49ers version of home security well simply safe this is why i use simply safe trust simply safe home security at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters it's the cutting technology it's um, cutting edge technology power 24 7 professional monitoring agents who will always have your back so you can always know your home is safe and i love how you can control the system from your phone with the app like that's the key to any security system now for me we have the technology you're wired up and you can see it from anywhere you can see it while you're in your home what's going on outside you can see it when you're not at home and it really gives you that peace of mind with crystal clear hd live stream on your security cameras or the wide array of uh, high-tech sensors that you can have on your home on any windows any doors and of course that 24 7 professional monitoring simply safes agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached so customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash locked on nfl save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts. Bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Taking a peek at the rest of the injury report for the 49ers, we'll see if Verrett and Ward get in there Sunday. Um, limited at practice, Ross Dwelly and Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings a new name on the 49ers injury report this year. He's been limited at practice both Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see if he's able to practice Friday and go with an ankle injury but on the flip side maybe this is the opportunity for danny gray who had been inactive last week with a hip injury he's now been a full participant in practice this week so he looks like he's good to go and this could be the opportunity he needs to jump in there be the number three number four guy and uh, potentially uh do some damage on the outside maybe with some deep balls against those carolina panthers so that could be exciting Croc.
1: I'm excited to see what type of role they have for him. What are the plans for Danny Gray? What are your plans to utilize his speed? And there's something that my guy Greg Pinelli pointed out about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right before the half, he threw two passes, right? One sailed out of bounds and people were like, why did he throw it out of bounds? It looked like the DB wasn't playing or whatever. I think the DB saw the trajectory of the ball and like, hey, this ball's going out of bounds. I don't need to run after it. So nothing to worry about there. But the throw to Ray Ray McLeod, down the left sideline, He threw off his back leg and just launched really kind of a beautiful ball down the field. And it showed he has the necessary arm strength to, to push the ball down the field. I think it's just him seeing it and being aggressive with it. And, and that's what you would like to see him get more out of. But he, he can do it. So you throw in a guy like Danny Gray and I guess if he can see kind of a window of opportunity to throw the ball down the field to Danny Gray, I think he can take advantage of it. Now again, uh, Trey Lance, his eyes work <laughs> deep to shallow. So he's going to see it probably before Jimmy, but I think they can do something to make a, like make a point to throw the ball down the field to Danny Gray. You you got it. Well, what's the, what is the role for him?
0: Yeah. And it's almost like it's important for Danny Gray to have this opportunity where they have no choice, but to use him. Right. If somebody else is hurt, he has to be in there. You're You're the fourth guy. So you know, at, at worst, and maybe you're the number three guy, right? If you're in there, so you have to use him. So he has to do a certain, uh, run a certain amount of plays. And and so that's when you get excited about it. Cause if he's just active and they have him on the roster, but everybody else is healthy too, do they even need to use him? Maybe they throw him on the field once or twice, but if he has to play 20 snaps, you know, then you actually might get a chance to, to see what their plan is with him and, and give him an opportunity to impact the game. Um And also with Jimmy G, I think so on some of his deep balls, yeah, he, he, he doesn't maybe get his, Feet set, or he does have his feet set, but doesn't use a lot of his lower body throws. And the, the way he snaps off his throws, it's not great for throwing the deep balls. And, um, you know, trajectory and touch is big. But also the 49ers haven't had great deep ball receivers because that's the other half of it is guys who are really good at tracking the ball, going up and coming down with the ball in one-on-one situations. So uh, we'll see if Danny Gray can become that sort of a difference maker in uh, those deep ball situations or at least run off some coverage and keep defenses honest for the underneath stuff that we know the 49ers are going to feature.
1: Or, if you just probably need to go all in on whatever uh, yeah Ray Ray mcLeod's player props are
0: <laughs> right, yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's another uh wrinkle to it, and the other thing is you have to like if you just throw one deep ball a game, they're called fifty fifty balls for a reason, right, and you, you maybe you don't get it, and that's it you gotta you gotta throw a few right you, you gotta get throw a few you gotta yeah. give some your team now
1: some <laughs> players are more you know eighty twenty Des Bryant, you just put that's, it in the area, he's gonna yeah. come down with it, that's true, but
0: andre Hopkins, yeah. uh those players not practicing nick bosa had just a a rest day on wednesday nothing to worry about there he was back at full practice on thursday kyle shanahan did say they weren't really going full speed of practice this week on the short week so um a lot of guys kind of getting some rests and a lot of walkthrough type stuff it sounds like uh trent williams Tarvarius moore colton mckivitz tyler croft javon kinlaw ty davis price and eric armstead all not practicing uh, this week and are probably all very unlikely to play. So we might see Colton McKivitz and Trent Williams out, the one and the two left tackle. I think that leads into our first key to victory, right, Croc, which is the offensive line.
1: Got to be able to pass protect. And we looked at a stat or graphic that showed the 49ers' pass protection is grading out well, but as you worded it, kind of they're winning. they're They're, they're losing pretty.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's losing pretty is the way the graph looked to me because on one, uh, the you know, the x-axis was like um, ESPN's pass rush win rate or pass protection win rate, and then the other axis was PFF grades, and they were above the mean on the PFF grades. They were doing pretty well. Oh, here we go. You can pull up. And so they were, they're were they better than average on the PFF grade side of things on the bottom of the graph, and then uh, on the left side of the graph going upwards, they're below average according to espn's pass protection win rate statistic which me to me says they're losing pretty which which is kind of odd right um so uh, to me i kind of you know and you see where they're at on that graph i I feel like they've been pretty below average pass protection like just from my eyes and uh pff grading would make you make you think they're maybe a little bit better than that um but you know get maybe getting beat too much but you know, th- that we knew this line was gonna be a work in progress, and it's tough to lose your best player out there on that line because all four of the other spots were already questions, and now you got all five spots that are that are questions. Although some of the guys have, have been better than I was worried they would be. And I think Aaron Banks is is one of those guys.
1: Oh yeah. And we've been tagged a few times. I know you're not on Twitter right now, but people are like, Hey, y'all need to give Aaron Banks his flowers and we haven't talked about him a whole lot and I think that's a good thing right if you're not talking about Aaron Banks he's doing a really good job and I guess now is the time to talk about him maybe give him a game ball if he continues and and talk about how he's progressed as a as a prospect and what we originally saw and I think that's what the 49ers saw that's why he didn't play his rookie year but what he's kind of transformed into now is really kind of a left guard that we don't worry about right like we didn't we didn't come in here after the game be like man Sure do miss Lakin Tomlinson, right? Like right. that never came yeah. out of our mouth. So that's a really good thing, a positive for the 49ers, yeah. what they're getting from Aaron Banks right now.
0: And even if Aaron Banks doesn't turn into an all-pro or anything, and, you know, maybe he's not amazing at the outside zone, getting out on the second level and making super athletic blocks. If he's just a very good wall-off blocker and can do what he needs to do and make it difficult for guys to get around him, like, that's okay. You know, he's a guard. He's you, know, you don't need him to be a superstar out there. Just don't get beat a lot. And uh, so he's been uh, holding up over there better than I expected left guard, which is a good sign for the 40.
1: Doing well. He's doing very well.
0: And uh, we'll see Brunskill. He wasn't on the injury report. So we'll see if he gets back in there and ends up playing for Spencer Burford because that was uh, interesting with Burford, how he got replaced very quickly by Brunskill. And then Brunskill got banged up again and and left the game. And, of course, the the biggest factor on the offensive line is Jalen Moore now because he's the last guy left at, at left tackle. And maybe after that it's probably Brunskill. Maybe you start Brunskill left tackle. I don't know.
1: I'm surprised that's not something they've gone to because back there was a time where Joe Staley, there were reports he might retire. He might come back. What's he going to do? And I'm like, well, if he retires, you got Daniel Brunskill. Like that was my answer for losing Joe Staley because Brunskill played very well at left tackle. So, uh, or right tackle. However, they kind of flipped that whole thing. But uh, yeah, play both. So not... You know, anything that would be too crazy. I know we've seen him at guard the last year, but put him over that left tackle. I mean, once you're down to your third tackle on that side, I mean, that's probably not pretty. He, he might be the best you have right now. Maybe could potentially be the second best option just in general.
0: That is definitely key, number one, uh, especially with Brian Burns, who's one of the better pass rushers, edge guys in the NFL, whether he's rushing from the left side or the right side. Jalen Moore and... Mike McGlinchey getting him protected, letting Jimmy Garoppolo operate that offense, and, of course, getting that 49ers running game going against the Carolina Panthers. All right, more keys to victory coming up for the 49ers against the Panthers in Week And If you want to get in on the action, you want to bet on those San Francisco 49ers this week, you can find those odds at betonline.net, your number one source for football betting and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, not just football. And there's tons of things to bet on football-wise, and it's interesting how some lines and, and season-long bets have moved. And, you know, what's funny is th- the three top bets for coaches – Three most likely coaches, according to Bet Online, to be fired this season are all on the 49ers' schedule. They already played one and lost. Nathaniel Hackett's up there, but this week's opponent, Matt Rule, is by far the most likely, according to the odds, to be fired. And then after that, third is Cliff Kingsbury, who the 49ers still get to play twice. So that's a good sign for the 49ers' schedule. Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, you name it, even Vegas casino games at Bet Online. Head over to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I want to throw this graphic up there on the screen, Croc. We're going graphic crazy today. Um, just, just to kind of paint the picture of what this game might look like. And this one is defensive. Uh, this is after four weeks of the NFL season. Defensive EPA per play. EPA is expected points added per play. And uh, on the other side is offensive EPA per play. So the 49ers below average offense and one of the best if not actually the best, according to EPA, as you can see here, in the entire NFL. So they are at the top, which means they're a great defense and a little bit left of center, which means they haven't played great offense. And then you go look at where the Carolina Panthers are on this, and they're way over to the left, so they are the worst offense in the NFL going against the best defense in the NFL. And uh, defensively, they've been okay, which tells you, if, they're, you're in the, if you're in the top left quadrant, that means bad offense, good defense for both teams, which tells me it's going to be a really low-scoring game.
1: That's what the 49ers kind of have been more of. And I talked about Jalen Ramsey and he alluded to something pertaining to the 49ers offense. And I don't think he meant it in the sense of, oh man, well, if those those two plays never happen, they don't win the game. But he was saying, like, look, they had an explosive run play, they had an explosive pass game play with uh, Debo Samuel. And... That's how they beat us. It wasn't like they were just methodically able to march down the field continuously. It's not like the 49ers put up 35 points or something like that. It's like, man, there are two plays offensively that they got pretty much all game, and that's what cost us this ball game. So uh, I do think that there's a scenario where the 49ers have to improve offensively, and I think some people will think that we're being kind of hard on them, and this kind of goes back to last year when the 49ers started off 2-0. And Peacock and I were like, uh, oh, something's not quite right. There's something a little weird going on with this offense right now. And people were like, oh, no, you guys are overreacting. Uh, just be happy about a win. I'm like, man, there's just something off. And the next thing you know, they lose like, what, five, four out of – I think they lost four straight games. They lost five out time.
0: of six because they ended up being three and five at one point. And they started two. Yeah. And- yeah.
1: Right. So uh, this isn't us you know dogging them for anything they've done so far I mean the 49ers are 2-2 two and two. they're sitting at top right now of the NFC West that is awesome you are in an ideal spot especially being 2-0 and o in the NFC West I think that is huge so they've done a good job accomplishing that but if the goal is Super Bowl I think the 49ers definitely have to start to find that groove that rhythm offensively and hopefully this is the game for that right you're playing against the Carolina Panthers They do have a defense that can be solid, but their offense, I think, can end up being extremely stagnant in this game. And if that's what you get out of their offense, then you have to take advantage of it. And I hope that this is a game where the 49ers, like kind of what we saw a little bit in the Seattle game, can just get it going a little bit more. Move the ball. Get points. Score touchdowns. Uh, It doesn't have to be that 51 points 49ers dropped on them in 2019. But again, if you can just have 35 points, I think, you know, heading into the Atlantic game, you start to feel, you know, okay, we're in a groove. Number one defense, offense moving, everything clicking, then you start feeling like that kind of a, see those Super Bowl odds start getting a little bit better each week.
0: Knowing that it could be that sort of a game though, do you think that will put Kyle Shanahan in more of a conservative shell for this game? Cause I know you were talking about the stat earlier. Do you, do you have it uh, to yeah, bring up on sure. the screen about the fourth down stuff? Cause we've kind of crushed Kyle a little bit, being too conservative in the fourth down. He talked about how he doesn't even listen to his guy who gives him the, the stats during the game and, and the analytics on when to go for it, when to not. Yeah, here it is. Uh, so if, uh, out of all the teams, right? Croc, is that what this graph is saying out of all the teams in the NFL? Uh,
1: which teams go for it when they should? When they should. And I mean, who, I guess, if according to the analytics, which some people might say analytics is ruining sports, right? But according according to the analytics, when the 49ers should go for it on fourth down, whatever that means, 49ers are dead last. That's pretty amazing. Right. Now, I think the counter that some people might have with the pushback on that is, well, the 49ers have number one defense. So maybe you don't have to go for it on fourth down if you have the number one defense. And you know I me, mean? it's like, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt you until it does, <laughs> you know, not being a little bit more aggressive uh, in games. And to me, everything is just about a mindset, man. I mean, at least that's how I think about it. It's a mindset that you have to have, whether it's uh, in, really in anything that you do in life, right? If you play it safe, you'll get safe results. If you swing for the fences, you probably hit a few more home runs and I think it it pays off a little bit more to take some risk. And I see right now Kyle Shanahan playing it very conservative, and you win games. He's won a lot of games. But, man, he's chasing that Super Bowl, and a lot of 49ers fans are chasing that Super Bowl right behind him.
0: Yeah, it's a confidence thing. It's also just a sort of an aesthetic thing when you're a fan watching a game. When you get the ball and there's less than two minutes and you get the ball on offense, you want them to go for it and go down and try to score, right? When you can hammer a team and end a game and it's fourth and one – fourth and a long one, even a fourth and two, whatever it is. And the numbers say you're better off going for it. You want to be able to have that confidence and get your team pumped and go just bully the other team and go win it. And and it's more fun to watch that brand of football. But Kyle is clearly an old soul as it comes to football coaching. I mean, he's one of the – Just having a fullback, let alone the the highest paid fullback in the NFL, a lot of teams don't have a fullback, period. He's very old school in the way he goes about his team, running game, defense, slow-paced, conservative. That's Kyle Shanahan.
1: I talked about it, uh, you know, maybe potentially just being – the defense is so good, we're going to lean on the defense to win his football games, and that could be it. But you talked about confidence. Do you think there is a lack of confidence that he has in the offense? That's
0: a big question. That That's hard to answer what's like in Kyle Shanahan's heart. I would love to be able to inject him with truth serum and, and hear what he has to say about that, honestly. Uh, but the way he coaches really seems like he trusts his defense a lot more than his offense, as he, he probably should. But again, he's an offensive guy. So you got to be able to feel like, man, we're a good offense. We have these plays in our back pocket that we know are going to work. We can go beat you on fourth and one. Uh, but he doesn't really do that.
1: And you have weapons. I mean, I, I could see if he was out there it's the first year and you still got Pierre Garcon and Audrick Robinson or something and Kendrick Bourne as like your best receiver. But it's like, man, you got Kittle, you got Debo, you got IU, you got check I mean, you got some guys. And he's like, ah, no.
0: You know what? Actually, and I've, I've seen some people bring it up this week about Christian McCaffrey. Christian Ka- McCaffrey, by the way, the 49ers can't trade for him before the deadline because he can't be moved. His contract's insane. Uh, I think the first time... The maybe it's better in trade than if he was cut. I I know for sure he can't even be cut at all until post-June first in the in the upcoming off season. Uh and it still would be a huge cap hit for the Panthers. But I think maybe after this week we should probably talk have an episode where we talk about maybe some potential additions the 49ers can make. We saw how important it was when Emmanuel Mose or Emmanuel Sanders showed up in that right. Super Bowl run in 2019. And remember when Jimmy Garoppolo, like he had had a week of practice and Jimmy Garoppolo f- threw a ball like two steps before he broke and he broke out I was like, what the heck? That's what it looks like to have a veteran quarterback thrown to a veteran wide receiver? Like I wonder if theres <laughs> need something like that or another spark on offense, whether it's an offensive lineman, a running back, a receiver, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, I think this is a, a season the 49ers could potentially add somebody at the trade deadline.
1: Maybe a running back because he doesn't trust the guys. I mean, you you signed Tevin Coleman, you signed uh, Matt, Marlon Mack. You have four running backs on the roster, not including Kyle Yuschek, suiting up in the game uh, Monday night. And it's like, nah, none of you guys are touching the ball except for Jeff Wilson. And Jordan Mason, I think, got one carry, maybe.
0: I want to double check here on Christian McCaffrey's uh, contract just to see when he can be traded because uh sometimes you know those uh, those bonuses and contracts go with you if you're traded versus if you're cut so let's see if he was to be traded uh yeah no he can't be traded christian mccaffrey might be a future 49er and i think uh once he does get cut and becomes a, a free agent i would not be shocked at all if kyle shanahan went out and signed christian mccaffrey but yeah it would be uh 17 million in dead money i believe mm-hmm. right now if, if uh if he was, oh no, it would be a seventeen million dollar total cap hit and twenty five million dollars in dead money if he was traded or oh, cut.
1: Yeah, it's like quarterback money.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Don't don't give running backs big second contracts, folks. Uh, all right, any other keys to victory here, Croc?
1: Before we go, don't beat yourself, and that's what we saw. A lot of you know the first two losses. You 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 know had some undisciplined plays against. The Chicago Bears, a team that you have no business losing to, as especially as we know now, somehow they have two wins. But it's not like they're not good, <laughs> you know. Uh, so shouldn't lose that game. Definitely some self-inflicted wounds against the Denver Broncos. So you know, play more disciplined brand of football. The 49 do that. They can beat anybody. They can beat anybody. And They definitely can beat the hell out the Carolina Panthers if they just don't hurt themselves.
0: So. And the Niners are favored by six and a half, seven points, you know, like favored by a touchdown, essentially on the road though, home dog is usually a good bet. Do you think this game just being low scoring that the Panthers can keep this close enough to where you would bet on the Panthers and just take those points with the home underdog, because it's a low scoring game where the Niners win by three or four points rather than by, you know, more than a touchdown. Or are you looking for a 49ers blowout in this game?
1: Well, Baker Mayfield has literally been the worst quarterback in the NFL in all of the NFL. Baker Mayfield, dead last. So I think just based off of what he's been and then what he's going up against with the 49ers defense, I would assume that this would be a two-score victory uh, victory for the 49ers. Even as long as the they road. don't
0: shoot themselves in the foot, right? As Cromwell? long as you
1: don't shoot themselves in the foot. And mm-hmm. what the 49ers did last week, they did not shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo did not turn, uh, turn the ball over or throw that interception that we kind of, you know, oh, man, he might do this one weird play a game because that could have been the difference, right? I mean, late in the game, fourth quarter, 49ers up five points. If he does his little weird play, we're talking about a totally different ball game. Now, he didn't do it, and you handle business against a team that's better than the Carolina Panthers. So, Jimmy doesn't do anything weird. You shouldn't ha- beat this team handily.
0: Nick Bosa waves the flag at least twice in this game. Uh, 49ers win by two scores. You heard it there from... Uh, Eric Crocker. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. And, of course, post-game, Croc and I will be live to break it all down right here. Locked On 49ers.